0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: Hey guys, this is Matt Seidel and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. on today's show, we will preview Destruction in Kobe and cover all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating interview. You can also get all the network's podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling tea store, wrestlingteescom slash suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuitbox.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com. Frequently updated and features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and share plus Synchronized viewing parties and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. Visit NJPWEXT.us today for details. Young boy, we uh, now live in a world where Vince McMahon does not own WWE.
0: <laughs> what a what a strange opener. <laughs> I don't
1: know. It was, <laughs> this was
0: not on this is not on the run sheet. I was not expecting to explore <laughs> the anokeism of WWE.
1: Well, you know, every time you gotta mix it up from the you know, how you're doing to, you know, throwing out something random.
0: Yeah, man. Um, it, it is a very, very strange and interesting um time to be a fight fan as well as professional wrestling fan, combat sport enthusiast. Um you know, the two largest um, industry leaders when it comes to mixed martial arts and professional wrestling are now merged under one banner and are essentially one company with two brand distinct branches. But, you know, and it's going to be hard for people to kind of wrap their minds around that because, I mean, in terms of presentation, the UFC is the UFC and WWE is the WWE. But in terms of like the stock and, you know, the public perception or like you know the actuality of what it is, they are one company and they are not owned by a McMahon. And it's uh it's very very interesting.
1: Yeah, the uh, official group uh, TKO is the new the new company name. So yeah, very interesting to see how things are all gonna play out. And you know, uh, I'm sure Vince is gonna still be as head of creative. He's gonna have a lot to do with what's going on in the day to day stuff with WWE, but. I mean, there are some people he, he will have to answer to as far as like business decisions are concerned.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's other podcasts that are going to be better at breaking down the nuances of the actual business side of things. But, you know, I've long held the, the theory that I'm not sure Vince is long for this company because of the fact that he essentially doesn't have final say on things. Um, I imagine that, You know, um, Ari Emanuel and the rest of the management team at TKO were probably going to give him the similar same treatment that they gave to Dana White, pretty much letting him run the company with, you know, his own autonomy. But there will be those moments where this guy tries to make a decision and he gets overruled and he's never experienced that since he was in his, like, early, you know, since he was in his late 20s, early 30s, he hasn't had to answer to anybody and uh you know the one time that he did get told no he exploded the board and basically <laughs> you know um but we did see a situation not too long ago where uh when the pandemic first started and dana white was making all kinds of crazy claims and was saying he was going to run uh shows out of like uh, indian reservations and stuff like that you know uh the, the management group at Endeavor had to step in and be like, yo, we're getting calls from, like, the government. You can't do this. So I only imagine in scenarios like that, Vince will be told no. But what's going to happen when somebody tells Vince no? That's that's my question, and we don't know.
1: Yeah, he's going to try and fire him and be like, uh you, you, you can't do that. <laughs> Uh last bit of uh WWE news, I guess. Uh Royal Rumble's coming to uh our, our home here, Tampa It's coming January. I'm assuming I'm gonna be attending that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll go. It, it's the Royal
0: Rumble. Like I love the fucking Royal Rumble. I don't even follow WWE like that. Obviously I watch like the pay-per-views. But I mean the Royal Rumble is like my favorite event and it's in Tropicana. It's gonna be here, you know. I'm gonna go for sure. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, back to the, you know, TKO stuff, I just think it's really interesting that, like, you know, we st- the, the genesis of what MMA is kind of all derives from professional wrestling. And, like, the further back you look into the history of what MMA is, the more it becomes pro wrestling. And then the further back you look into the histories of pro wrestling, it's actually MMA. And it's, like, all... You know, intertwined, and now suddenly, like Carl Gotch's and and Frank Hackenschmidt's <laughs> pro wrestling is like combined with UFC. It's it's just fucking weird. You know, Anoki would be proud.
1: <laughs> you know, we're, so, we're all so close to the one year anniversary of his passing. What better way to honor him than to merge pro wrestling and MMA together?
0: But the wrong company is doing <laughs> the Anoki tribute show. Okay. <laughs> If they want to bust out, you know, if they want to bust out the the octagon again and, you know, have some Jake Hager matches, then I'm all for it. You know, like, like fire, fire pro style. But, you know, it doesn't seem that that's the way we're going, but yeah. the company that could do a top notch <laughs> <laughs> January 1st, New Year's Eve, Tokyo Dome style show would be, you know, TKO. TKO. TKO is nope. the company that should be honoring Enoki.
1: You know, John Jones versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. Run it.
0: <laughs> Run it.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess enough. That's all that. the jokes I got. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's uh, talk about uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and what's going on here. We're in the middle of the destruction Seriously, tour. What
0: is going on here? That's the question.
1: <laughs> Uh, so we have a uh, one road to show to talk about, and then we'll preview the big destruction in Kobe show coming this upcoming weekend from Kobe world hall. Uh, some big matchups on that card should be a really great oh. show. Um, production note.
0: MJ does PR is coming on that episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, nice. this is me letting you know. <laughs> All right. Discord daddy on the air for us next week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, they have made our lives extremely easy because they're running a lot of Road to Destruction tour shows, but they're they're not
1: televised, baby.
0: They're not televised, (laughs) and it's making our lives a lot easier. Oh man, just one one show.
1: Oh man, nice. Let's talk about it. So we had, and then
0: um, uh, before we talk about it. Uh, mj does pr did hit me up and i was like hey you want to do the show next week and he was like do i have to cover all these shows and there was like five of them and i'm like nah like that shit's not televised (laughs) you
1: you always look at the new japan world schedule not the njpw 1972.com schedule because they they put everything on there the house shows you know the um everything everything goes on there
0: to be fair i think he was looking at cage match but Mm. yeah
1: Yeah, everything goes on there, too. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, go to the old Oh, bro, like,
0: when when I was first, before, like, when you were gone, and I was trying to ascertain what was going to make air and what wasn't, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, (laughs) there's so many shows. I was like, what are they going to actually air? And it's been, like, nothing. It's been great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that stretch. I mean, I kind of left at the perfect timing, because there was, like, two shows that weren't even really, like, "Quote unquote" New Japan show, like the junior. Oh, they were real. <laughs>
0: Me and Floyd, we covered the shit out of those shows. <laughs> uh,
1: well, uh, let's talk about this uh, Road to Destruction show. Uh, officially, night seven of the tour, third show uh, that aired in the tour. This was uh September seventeenth from the Fukuoka Island City Forum, had an attendance of 1,256 Show opened up. We had Hiromu Takahashi defeating Yuto Nakashima. And man, like you I were saw saying, some
0: empty seats. Yeah. I was thinking, should they start running smaller venues?
1: <laughs> they you know? do some of those uh, buy one, get one deals. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This is your typical, you know, established guy versus young lion match. Like you mentioned last week, man. Yuto is really uh, pecking on that size.
0: Bro, he's gotten bigger in, like, a week. (laughs) I don't know if it's the Chanko or what the deal is, but, like, they're beefing that boy up. He, um, this was one of his first, like, major tests as a young lion against a a top-notch single star in New Japan. Granted, it is a, uh you know, the ace of the junior division, but still a very stiff test, a current reigning champion. I thought Nakashima looked pretty good. Um, he took a hellacious, um, suplex on the outside that I thought was stiff as fuck mm-hmm. um, at one point he did get the upper hand and uh, put uh, Hiromu in the Boston Crab and when Hiromu almost made it to the ropes he he dragged him back and then he did I don't know what this variation is called but like Samoa Joe does it a few others where and I think even um, at one point Okan was doing a version of this but it's basically it's not your, your it's where you grab the thighs
1: right it's like the, uh, the Tenzon style uh, Boston crab. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. The Tenzan style. He did a Tenzan style modification
0: of the, the Boston crab. If he's done that before, I don't recall it. It felt like that was him taking a small, unsung step as a young lion. You know, to add a, a little wrinkle to his game. You know, throughout time, these things happen. Guys get a little bit of a uh, a personalization for a move, and like only the real sickos like us notice it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, he probably, Tenzon. maybe probably his, like, main, like, senpai in the dojo, maybe, and that's kind of maybe a way to kind of honor him or kind of take a little bit from uh, Tenzon. Well, I noticed that when he put that on, Hiromu Hiromu
0: got to the ropes immediately, so they were almost kind of, like, selling it like it was a pretty devastating thing. Obviously, uh, we did not get English commentary for this show. I did notice, though, that the the produce show from the... um, the blue justice show that we covered last week did get video on demand English uh, afterwards. I actually haven't watched. I'm not going to rewatch it. So I don't know <laughs> if it was Chris doing it or if it was Kevin. Um, I, I did reach
1: out. I think it oh, was but- Kevin.
0: Okay. Cause I reached out to Chris about this show. Cause I-, I had some people in a group asking me about it or just asking in general. And he said that Kevin has recorded commentary for the show and it should be up shortly. So uh, and then I guess the rest of the tour moving forward is all expected to be live English. So that's good. But, um, you know, I don't know if the commentators, I said all that to say this, I don't know if the commentators picked up on that nuance because it was in Japanese and I don't speak Japanese. So I don't know if they made a big deal about it or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same here.
0: <laughs> yeah, But uh, at the end of the day, Haramu uh, did end up picking up
1: the, the big win here. I don't even remember how he beat him. He I think him. he tapped him out for Boston Crab. Regular Boston, regular Crab. Boston Crab. Yeah. Uh, then after that, we had the great bash heel team, Togi Makabe and Tomi Hanma. They defeated Oleg Bolton and Oscar Lube. So uh, Bolton back from his infection, back on action here.
0: Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing that, and you know this is probably going to be a repeated phrase throughout this night. Uh, nothing that would have surprised you. Almost everything on this show was paint by numbers, road to, you know, uh, to the utmost extreme. It's kind right. of like what we've talked about before. Like this was a road to road to show.
1: This is a kind of show where I could see if we had like four of these in a row, where people would be complaining where we had those first few that were like, Oh, they're doing something a little different. This is cool. And now we're back to the old just formulaic, Young Lions versus experienced guys, a uh, few multi-man build-ups, your, your typical road two show.
0: Yeah. I was reading uh, to kind of help me along while watching this. Sometimes I like to look at reviewers. And the only person out there that I can find that reviews these shows, like, religiously, is like Chris Avetter. Yeah, dude. ProWrestling.net.
1: Dude, him, he's <laughs> the only one. Besides that, nobody. <laughs> he's the only one. Nobody reviews row twos. <laughs> Like on- part of
0: it's like I respect him for, it, but part of me is like, damn, bro, like you're the only one.
1: Like wrestling observer, they'll just put the results up. Like they'll create a whole article results- and just copy and paste cage match onto the <laughs> with they the results. results.
0: And if they have a review, it's like Hiroma looked good. Yeah. <laughs> Bolton's back.
1: <laughs> but uh, I was reading his
0: review and he was like, I don't know why the fuck they got these youngsters in there with great bash Shield, How's this helping them? <laughs> Normally I wouldn't bring up that. I read his shit, but I read that. I thought it popped me a little bit, but um, uh, I, one thing that did happen in this match, Hanma went to give a DDT to Oleg Bolton and the timing was off and Bolton just fucking spiked himself as hard as he could <laughs> on his head. Like I was like, bro, how did he not break his neck? <laughs> He seemed fine, but uh, I was a little nervous about that, especially considering, like, the the ironic nature of it all, because that's a similar move to what decommissioned uh, Hanma, you know? Yeah. But, like, Oleg, he's he's uh, almost, like, too, like, you know, he's got, like, uh, they call it happy feet, you know? He's, like, almost, the timing's not quite there, and he, like, was too enthusiastic, and he just fucking murdered himself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> other than that the match was pretty unremarkable um toby makabe ended up picking up the win with king kong knee drop on oscar lovey but uh i was nervous about that uh bolton head drop
1: yeah uh, and the, the only uh piece of commentary note that i did catch here i did hear uh, milano mention world tag league so uh, it seems like a mm. uh, great bash Yo will be uh potentially one of the teams that will be in this year's world tag league they mentioned that in the backstage comments, and I think they're starting to gear up a lot of the World Tag League uh,
0: teams. Um, possibly Oleg Bolton and Oscar Luebe could be a Young Lion team that takes all the losses. Yeah, that's true. If that's not the case, I would expect maybe hopefully down the road we start seeing them team up with like some senpais. But if you don't and you just see these guys
1: continue to team,
0: It's probably a strong bet that they're going to be in World Tag League together.
1: Yeah. So after that, we had Toro Yano and Yo teaming up with Hiroshi Tanahashi to defeat Risuke Guchi, Satoshi Kojima, and Tiger Mask. Nine minutes and two seconds. The most road to (laughs) multi-man
0: undercard match that there ever was. Um, It is funny. Again, World Tag League, Yano and, and Tanahashi are just suddenly starting to have their their tag team reunited right before december comes up so like clockwork i expect those guys to be in that tournament again and you know it it was fun the first time but it also it's very much a a place where you just know like unless they set some sort of big angle up during that tournament like tanahashi is kind of just on coast mode you know like i don't know what his tokyo dome looks like this year but whatever it is it's not going to be set up through him teaming all through December and November with uh, Jano.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, time for Tanahashi to, to rest and rehab for a, a big match at the Dome. His hair looked good today, though. Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, I guess Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, like you mentioned, really typical kind of shenanigan, ha A lot of jokes with uh, getting Taguchi on the top rope. Um, They crotched him. And they're constantly shaking it. You have the, the uh, Kevin Dunn zoom-ins. On Teguchi being uh, shucking on the ropes, and it's like, a oh, man, what are we doing here? Butt stuff, groin stuff, and then dude, you know, the rips on Taguchi's gear. Yeah, what's I don't know.
0: Man. And then um, eventually, Yano hits a double. Like basically, Tiger Mask was the legal man. Taguchi tried, or actually, I'm sorry, it was the other way around. Tiger Mask tried to kick to gucci. he or uh, try to kick yano he accidentally kicked to gucci uh in the midst of the chaos uh yano pushed the referee w- away he gave a double low blow to both baby faces and then he rolled up a tiger mask for the one two three so
1: yeah not much here <laughs> it's a skit <laughs> so uh following that we had the tmdk team of bad dude tito mikey Nichols, shane Hayes, and zach saber jr They defeated the Chaos team of Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi. So also, this is building up for the upcoming IWGP tag team title match with Nichols and Hayes versus Bishamon. I also think they're teasing a uh, never six-man potential challenge down the line um, with uh, Tito, Nichols, and Hayes maybe going against Okada, Ishii, and uh, Tanahashi.
0: Seems like maybe
1: something like that
0: is the case in either either way it seems like uh every time we see tmdk go up against uh chaos they like for whatever reason to have bad new tito and um okada work together kind of reminds me of like when uh villain enterprises years ago were mm. doing tours and they were having brody king kind of um you know pair off with okada as well so um maybe there's something there a little bit of a breadcrumb trail for down the line but uh mm. I've noticed quite a few times they've had Okada and uh, Bad Tito work together.
1: Yeah, didn't, didn't they have a singles match sometime last year? Like Battle in the like Valley that. or I something? I don't recall, but they might have. Yeah. But yeah, Bad is awesome. I think he fits in the New Japan like a glove. I mean, he looks like he came right out of, like, the 1980s. Um, he, he's a long-lost diner, uh, so he's been great on this tour, and... Everything between uh, you know, Bishamon and Hayes and Nichols has been fun to watch as well. Sabre and Ishii always have great chemistry, so this was a fun matchup.
0: Good matchup. A little bit of a hot take here. I have not been very um, invested or enthused with most of the TMDK Bishamon stuff during this tour. That's not to say that the match itself isn't going to be good, because it, it, it obviously is. But in terms of like the preview matches... They just really haven't got me too deep yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, for them it's just kind of like a typical kind of setup. I think and we, we know they'll have a good match, but what they've been doing is just kind of been a kind of typical stuff to build up their match. Team DK did pick up the win here in emphatic fashion because they laid out Goto and then they laid
0: out uh Yoshihashi. I don't know the names of all their finishers and, and uh signature moves, but they hit some really big offensive, what looked like finishers on both guys. Yeah, they hit the, uh, the,
1: the tank buster first, which is the, the top rope. They to hold him up on the shoulder and the top rope like the ET thing, where to catch him. And then I think the highway to, to hell, I think it's their other, the other move. They mentioned highway to hell in the backstage
0: comments, so I I just thought it was a 1998 SummerSlam reference. <laughs> I didn't realize that was the name of one of their moves. <laughs> I just thought they were big fans of ACDC, you know. But, uh, Uh, Yeah, they hit those big moves. They were pretty fucking awesome, and they picked up the win. And one thing is they've been picking up a majority of the wins over Bishamon, and either that's one of two things. It's either to make them look very strong in challenging because they're going to lose, or sometimes they do this in New Japan. They want to make a team, and they're making them look strong so that when they win, they look really strong. And I am a little torn on it still at this point.
1: Yeah, for right now, I'm still kind of leaning towards them winning just because they've already lost twice against Bishamon in the past. They've failed to win the tag titles twice. This is their third shot in, in recent times, so uh, I feel like it's time to kind of give them a shot. Yeah. Uh, so following that, we have the LIJ team of Bushi, Shingo, Takagi, Tetsuya Naito, and Yota Suji defeating the United Empire team of Callum Newman, Great Ocon, Hanare, and Jeff Cobb.
0: No Will Ospreay on the show. Um, he was busy on the same day wrestling Naomichi Fuji over in Pro Wrestling NOAH at and Hall, so he couldn't be bothered to show up in Fukuoka.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, no, they kind of continued the feud between these guys. I thought this was one of the better matches of the show. Uh, Callum Newman continued to impress, even though there was a couple green moments. There was, um, there was a moment where he went for a dragon suplex and on Yotsu Suji. And it was supposed, to, it was obviously supposed to be a situation where he goes to give him the dragon and Suji goes all the way over and lands on his feet, but like they didn't make it. He almost fell on his head. It was pretty scary. Yeah. But, but, um, he, I thought he still was very impressive. Very, very high speed. I liked the, uh, the chemistry between him and Suji. And, you know, we still continued to have interactions with Shingo and uh, Great O'Con, which, you know, plays into their singles upcoming match. And there's this sort of underlying story where uh, Great O'Con had offered a t shirt from the United Empire to Shingo, was trying to get him to join the United
1: Empire. Yeah. Yeah, then post-match, yeah, he uh, he took the shirt from uh, Okan, he put it on, makes people think he's joining the Empire, Okan's like so happy, he's laughing, he's all giddy, and then Chingo's like, no, <laughs> rips the shirt, and Okan <laughs> o- was like, he was like sad at first, and he got pissed and attacked Chingo, and they had a little post-match brawl.
0: Yeah, I, I dove a little bit, I, I perused through the backstage comments, and I, I love when we get the translations for the Japanese commentary, because obviously... We don't speak Japanese, so I don't know what they're saying. But anytime I see the the actual, like, uh, translations, I always think, like, we're missing out for sure. Yeah. But they're, like, they're, like, uh, Okan will not stand for this disrespect. <laughs> disrespect like, I will believe not his be heart tolerated. is broken. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, man. And Okan was crying, and he's, like, I won't stand for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was even more funny. It's because, like, LIJ1... And then she puts a shirt on. It's like, why would he want to join the losers? <laughs>
0: yeah, it didn't. It didn't make a lot of sense. But whatever. Um, the match was fine. You know, everyone worked well together. Um, there is the thing that's ongoing between Naito and Jeff Cobb. Naito continued to escalate the issue with him not having obtained a contract to defend. So we mentioned last week how he was bringing out a handwritten contract. Well, this week he upped the ante and brought out a not a briefcase, but a replacement for the briefcase. It was basically like one of those tote bags, yeah, like the recyclable tote bags that you see for like when you're like grocery shopping and stuff. Yeah, when you're grocery (laughs) shopping, you're trying to be like, uh, you know, environmentally minded. So you bring like the recyclable bag like he brought one of those and then just wrote in, you know, Japanese or kanji or whatever. Um, I don't know what it said, but essentially, it, it probably denoted the match that's upcoming between him and Cobb, and that's his replacement for the briefcase. Is a tote, <laughs> the tote bag, <laughs> a tote bag, yeah, um, which was hilarious. And I saw in the backstage comments, he's like, "Yeah, I reached out to the IWGP. They have not commented yet or given me a, an, an answer back as to the legality of this letter <laughs> or this, uh, you know, carrying case." <laughs>
1: Dude, Naito's a clown.
0: (laughs) And, you know, like, Cobb's trying to clown him and do his pose and get under his skin. But, like, you know, Naito's still on the uh, Tranquilo grift, you know. We all know it's a grift, but he's still doing it. Yeah. He's unbothered. (laughs) And, uh, yeah.
1: So uh, following that, we had the second match in the best of seven series between Strongstyle and Team Nagata and strong style picked up the win here defeating Wato Umino and Nagata.
0: Yeah, if you're cherry picking, I'd say this is probably the only match of note that's worth actually checking out on the show. I thought it probably was the best match of the evening. Um I I thought it was in my opinion a few levels below the the first match in the series because yeah. this kind of was even though it was good, it was still a paint by numbers you know, six-man tag team match. There what like for instance, in the first match, we had that kind of prolonged story arc that revolved around Nagata. And I thought we were gonna get something akin to that here. But instead, we kind of just got the a continuation of what we'd seen previously. It was, you know, very much Wato mostly interacting with Desperado, and then you know, the new generation Musketeers facing off, and then the third generation dads you know, going at it. And that's fine. But there wasn't anything new. There wasn't any drama. It was kind of just, it is what it is. And I guess where the story really picked up is at the tail end. Nagata ended up getting uh choked out by Suzuki while Wata was laid out with the pinche loco by Desperado yeah. and strong style picked up the one, two, three, but there wasn't, there wasn't, like, that deep drama that you could really sink your teeth into during the match. It, it was good. It was definitely a level above everything else that we'd seen on the show. But it was still fairly mid compared to what we saw in the first match.
1: Yeah, I mean, this match was only 12 minutes, 37 seconds compared to, like, a 30-minute draw. And like you said, like, this match, it was almost like they were kind of trying to build up, like, three singles matches because, like, they kept those guys, like, so paired off. Throughout the Mm. match, it was pretty much always Nagata, Suzuki, like you mentioned, and Despy and Wato and um, Narita and Umino. They had a lot of great sequences between those guys. And so they really kind of kept those guys all kind of paired off. And it was kind of, like you mentioned, more of a traditional kind of row two, six-man style matchup where it seems like they're trying to build something up, but they're actually in the middle of a program. So there wasn't a ton of heat here. There was a callback to the draw where Nagata did hit the exploder uh, onto Suzuki. Uh, but then eventually uh tagged out to Wato. Suzuki tagged out to Desperado, which then led to the closing stretch where uh despi was able to hit the uh the Pinche loco on Master Wato. I mean there was more intensity. We had some pretty
0: crazy strike exchanges between Nagata and uh Suzuki, as well as there was a, a very lengthy one between Narita and Umino, and that was all you know good and well, but like you mentioned, 12 minutes, there wasn't you know, a singular story thread. It kind of just felt like a preview match, like you mentioned for three singles matches, which is sort of what led to the series even being established in the first place. And I think it's a little early for them to be doing that type of match. I think it's better for them to have unique stories taking place within the overarching, you know, what's the point of doing a best of seven unless you're going to exploit it in that way, you right. know? Yeah. If they do go that way, this this match in particular will kind of stand out as something that was unremarkable to a certain extent. But I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't even know if we're gonna see all of the best of seven series. It feels like we're not.
1: Maybe not because the finals is what at Ryogoku in in October. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there yeah. might there might be some of those ma- these matches untelevised. Which yeah, in uh, a situation like that, this should have been an untelevised like version of the match. And maybe
0: this is that match and it'll be like Goldberg's uh you know, his uh undefeated streak. You come back on Wednesday or Thursday for Thunder and they're like, He beat four more people this week. <laughs> you know, maybe it'll be like that. Like Right, it never yeah. happened. <laughs> the match is the the series is two to two. Like, wait, what? <laughs> we didn't see him. <laughs> so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a question though.
1: Yeah, from Reddit user Stolen Tombstone. It says, Does, Great name. <laughs> Does Strongstyle need additional members to become a proper faction? Also, you mentioned last week that Strongstyle plus GOD are a part of Hauntai, but do you think they need to be? Why or why not?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, if they're going to be a faction, they probably shouldn't just be a trio. They probably need at least a member more.
1: They need just four guys just four guys <laughs> uh, yeah I mean they could definitely potentially get like another junior so like Despy could have a partner to team up with um, another heavyweight to you, do you, the could, team c- you could
0: consider them a faction if you really want to I mean I guess Stray Dog Army only had three members and they're kind of a faction but kind of not <laughs> <laughs> does anybody you even re- remember them <laughs> You know, I don't know, you know, it, it, we're not WWE, you know, I, I I get it, you know, the the New Day are three members, mm. the Shield are three members, mm. but, you know,
1: in Japan, you need four. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as far as his question about Hontai, I mean, essentially, pretty much if you're a Bay face and you're you're not in Bullet Club, you're, you're essentially Hontai for the exception of like Chaos, which is kind of mixed with Hontai now. Dude, Hantai is not even really a
0: babyface. I mean, I understand traditionally it seems that way, but it's not even necessarily that you're a line babyface. It just means you're unaffiliated with any actual um, faction is what that really means. Anybody that's not in a real faction is Hantai, you know? Right.
1: Well, they're they're essentially the New Japan army.
0: Right. Yeah. And, And I mean, the reason they say that is just because, like, yeah, they're part of New Japan as a whole, and they're not affiliated with any of the major you know, factions. So they're Hontai, and that's what these guys are. Um, I mean, do you consider, like, for instance, Great Bash heel are the remnants of what used to be the top heel faction in New Japan, but they're not really a faction. It's just a tag team, and they just kind of operate within Hontai. And they're Great Bash heel, you know? That's yeah. what it is. Um, if, hypothetically, they establish in the kayfabe for all of us you know not not in a head can any way but like in a real definitive like god is a faction we are a real thing or same thing with strong style then we can be like yeah they're a faction but as of now they're all hontai because that is just what it is it's a it's a universal um designation for anybody that's not in a real faction
1: yeah, I mean, because part of the big thing for Tamatanga when he was leading Bullet Club was putting on the, the Lion Mark sh- shirt and kind of representing New Japan. So even though sure. they're up to, like, what, five of them now, um, it's they're still kind of very, very much kind of representing, like, New Japan. Maybe
0: they'll pull the trigger and make that a faction, but as of now, they're not really a faction, you know. Um, a lot of people kind of forget, you know, Yuji uh, Nagata used to have, like, the Blue
1: Justice Army. Like that a was a...
0: Yeah, that was a no, well Seki Goon is Hantai.
1: Okay, I heard I heard Chris call the team the guy's team Sekigoon.
0: Yeah. There's a there's there's it's not Seki Goon, I think it's Se, Seiji Goon or something like that. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't speak Japanese, but like the Blue Justice Army was an actual faction at one time, and now he's the only member that still remains. <laughs> One man army. <laughs> yeah, he represents the Blue Justice army, but he's Tai.
1: Yeah, I think you can actually still filter on the website like to Blue Justice Army and it's just like just just ends up being the god. It's when just you, him. Yeah.
0: And it and it used to be him in um like Super Strong Machine, but <laughs> that's it. <laughs> or in uh, Nakanishi, right? Nakanishi might have been in it, I can't recall. I know um Holly was in it, but who knows how much longer he's gonna
1: have a job here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, <laughs> uh, main event: uh, Doki, Sonata, Taichi, and Taka of just five guys defeated House of Tortures, Dick Togo, Evil Show, and Yujiro Takahashi, fifteen minutes and fifty-five seconds.
0: This, was,
1: I don't know. It was,
0: it was whatever. It, it fucking sucked.
1: Yeah, I think just it was just people brawling and. Shit, <laughs> I think the big thing here is, was a pre-match. They announced that um, Tai Chi stipulation won the KOPW vote. Show got pissed, and that led to the you know the pre-match attack that led into the bell ringing. Did you watch the um, destruction
0: in Kobe uh, press conference with Tai Chi and and Show?
1: I didn't. I saw like the pictures and like, the clips, like the headlines or whatever from it. I tried to watch it because I wanted to
0: be, like, a diligent podcast host and have all my, like, T's crossed and I's dotted and all that. And, yo, it was a fucking mess. Like, they were doing, like, a live. Well, how do you get super chats?
1: That's uh, through uh, Twitch, I think. Is it YouTube or Twitch? Um, It's one of them. I think it might actually might be YouTube actually I don't know. like I always hear podcasts doing that. obviously,
0: we need to figure that shit out, so <laughs> <paid>. but uh <laughs> they were they were doing a thing where like only Tai Chi was in there and he's trying to like talk they they said there was like a thousand to like thirteen hundred live people there for the press conference, and he's trying to answer super chats and I'm like, this is messy. This doesn't feel like a regular you know press conference, and then he's I don't know, he presented his thing and then show showed up late and but it was like weird the the um the ring announcer was there and he was the one moderating it and there's like long periods where they would just have dead air and the thing went way too long it's like 20 minutes it only needed to be like four minutes max and they didn't do a good job like heating up the match or or anything And I was like what the fuck like how did this why did they even like put this on the All website right, what, why did it even happen <laughs> yeah they need to scrub this shit like this is not good <laughs>
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw the pictures and read, like, the little article on dot uh, com. I was like, yeah, I, I don't need to watch this. <laughs> I just read them. And there was no, like, live audience. So, like, show comes in performatively and tell- acting
0: like, you know, I'm going to do the 10-minute match. And if, if I go the full 10 minutes, I win the title. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, those are the rules. And I, I'm going to stick by them. <laughs> <laughs> Which was funny. But, um, you know, I don't know. This match had a lot of brawling, a lot of cheating lot of people getting hit with pipes and shit is is it's kind of what you'd expect which i guess was fine the crowd this was a good crowd in Fukuoka. they were they were yeah they were responding really well to everything
1: even like some of the earlier matches like when like uh i think it was like when makabe's music hit like somebody's music hit and they were like oh they like popped i was like (laughs) Uh, good
0: crowd there again this goes back to what i've said on earlier shows for this feud even though I'm not loving the matches, it's getting good reactions in the buildings. And that's kind of the case here. But, um, you know, it was pretty chaotic. It was, I guess, palatable. Ultimately, at a certain point, like Dick Togo was isolated in the ring, gets hit with a Michinoku driver. Sonata's legally hits him with a, a Shining Wizard and then hits him with the, the Mudo Moonsault for the 1, 2, 3. Um, I, I'm just thinking, if I'm Bullet Club, I don't ever put Dick Togo in as a legal man, especially
1: if Sonata's the other. <laughs> legal, like you know, it's it's, just, it's a setup for failure, but yeah. whatever. I did think that Sonata showed a little bit more fire here in this match. He was really going after evil, throwing him into the barricades. A, l- a little bit more uh, motivated here.
0: Yeah, the crowd was also a lot more receptive to, to him than some of the other crowds. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean. Things are turning around in terms of his title reign, but yeah, he was getting good reactions here. Um, I'm still perplexed as to why him and Ching, or him and uh, Tai Chi are not making every effort to get their belts back, but whatever uh, they did brawl post-match and cut a big promo. The crowd was into it, but uh, you know, to me watching this, everything about it just screams not main event
1: program. Yeah, this is, this is mid card stuff. Yeah, it feels like they're fighting over like the Never title or something. All of them, yeah. <laughs> oh, they did have a question here from Les Commission7252. Says, I've been rooting for Sonata for years and waited for him to finally get the main event spot. The problem right now is that he's boring to me as champ. Since the G1, he was overlooked at by Umino, Suji, and Arita. He loses his belt and doesn't show no aggression at all to get the belt back. Do you guys think this is how New Japan is booking Sonata as a weak character, or do you feel like he's doing this to himself? I really couldn't say. I mean,
0: I'm not privy to the
1: backstage,
0: you know, um, conversations between Sonata and Ghetto and Dick Togo and the booking committee and
1: you know the associate. So, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I don't know whose I don't know whose idea this all was. I think the Eagles I think it's a little bit of both. Like I think like the booking. Like, they that they want to make evil look strong because he's a challenger and he's probably not going to win. And so, but at the same time, probably. You think you think evil's bro? Let's let's fix that. Evil's not winning. I'm just. I don't know. I. I, I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we go. Like. <laughs> The wrong person will give Gato an idea, and we're going to end up with evil, evil versus Naito in Tokyo Dome.
0: Listen, this is this is Gato. It's not Tony Khan. All right, he's not that easily influenced. All right, let's, let's not get too twisted.
1: Uh, but yeah, so evil's he's going to lose, and so they're also they're trying to make him a credible challenger. And So probably like, oh, I'm not getting pushed right now. I'm going to take it easy. <laughs> I think that's
0: his entire like life. Motto is just take it easy, you know.
1: Yeah, the real, the real Tranquilo.
0: Yeah, the real Tranquilo. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I honestly, I feel dumb. I'll I have to take back a lot of the shit that I said earlier this year about the star-making performances of um, Sonata. You know, I was really bought into the presentation of uh, and the receptions he was getting when he first was chasing the title and won the title and even some of the early title matches but it feels like especially since the g1 this title reign has not been what it could have been and i'm i don't know i think it is something that needs to probably be talked about in terms of like uh the public perception of new Japan. I think like a lot of people are like new Japan's down. One of those reasons is
1: because the guy they got the top title on is Sonata. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he did, he did have a star making performance. not like we were, we were wrong. Like everything that led up to him winning the title was great. He did look like a star. He, he was getting over, but I think part of the problem besides his performance is there's just a lot other a lot more more interesting people to be excited about in New Japan. Like I want to see what's gonna happen with Suji. Like what's going on with Umino? Like there's all these other guys that are being built up. Obviously, you have Will Ospreay. Uh, there's so many great guys and that are heating up and are more interested in than he is. Man, the weakest two champions of the modern era, Evil and Sonata,
0: are gonna duke it out in the main <laughs> yeah. event. Destruction tour. Can't, Can't wait. wait. <laughs> be there. <laughs> Where were you the night? Sonata took on evil for oh. the IWGP world heavyweight title. I cannot wait. Oh God.
1: boy. Well, uh, let's preview Destruction in Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> uh from uh it'll be in the uh, Kobe World Hall September twenty fourth. So this coming Sunday, yeah, this coming Sunday, big show here, lots of title matches, grudge matches. Uh, Show open up. We'll have Kevin Knight and Tiger Mask teaming up to take on the Bullet Club War Dog team of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney. Make it for the title, or it didn't happen. (laughs) Why are they not defending their belts? Well, uh, Tiger Mask is not Kevin Knight's regular partner. Tiger Mask,
0: former champion. Kevin Knight, former champion. I don't see the problem here. Two (laughs) decorated champions. Kevin Knight just headlined in Arena Mexico wearing the red, white, and blue. What are we doing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think this is probably a placeholder until uh, Kashida can get in for the tour. I think he'll be on tour the the following uh, show. But clearly, um, Junior Tag League is coming up. Or dogs will, will be in it, and I'm sure Kevin Knight and Kushida will be in it, and maybe Tiger Mask will find somebody else to team up with. Kevin Knight's going to
0: beat Drill and Maloney. You think so? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Mask doing the favors. I hope.
1: Yeah, you, you would think. Yeah. So the following that we got House of Torture, Dick Togo Evil, and Yujiro will be taking on Doki, Sonata, and Taka. Just five guys. So more build up for the. Uh, Big uh, title match. Moto. Moto. <laughs> moto. Uh, then after that, we got Bullet Clubs, Alex Coglin, Chase Owens, Dave Finley, Gabe Kidd, and Gato. will take on GOD of ELP, Hikaleo, Jado, Tamatanga, and Tenga Loa
0: You know, all the classic members of Gorillas of Destiny, like Jado,
1: El Fantasmo. And El Fantasmo. <laughs>
0: Uh, the names you associate with god
1: yeah it's kind of nobody weird.
0: realer than gorilla el phantasmo
1: <laughs> yeah the real honorary <laughs> tongan <laughs> no um
0: yeah um hopefully well you know obviously this is a preview match for david finley versus Tamatonga, as well as um who is it i guess they're not in this match i was trying to remember who uh Elf Fantasma and, and Hikulei are facing next. Yeah. They're facing
1: K- Coughlin and Kid. They're in the match.
0: Oh, they're in the match. Okay, they're
1: challenging I mean. for the uh, strong tag titles at in Ryu Goku. All right, so Chase Owens and Jado are the hanger-ons here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so one of them is doing the doing the favor, probably.
1: Yeah. Uh, following that, we got Leo Rush coming in for the tour. Leo Rush teaming up with Yo. They'll take on Bushi and Hiromu. Again, I'm guessing a preview for Junior Tag League.
0: A lot of people were, you know, kind of wondering, what's the deal with Leo Rush? And, yo, I guess we're going to find out if
1: that is a thing or not. Yeah, maybe it impacts kayfabe does not affect anything. <laughs> Very possible. Gale, I mean, like, Gail, he's a heel now. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not here. <laughs>
0: It's possible. Also, at the same time, it might be irrelevant. But uh, we'll see. Either way, Bushi's losing,
1: period. Yeah. It's Bushi. Fuck em. <laughs> Following that, we'll have Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii taking on Bad Dude Tito and Zack Sabre Jr. Bad Dude Tito be- beats Tomohiro Ishii with the Spine Buster. So why a Spine Buster? Because the Spine Buster rules. Yeah. <laughs> No, nah, he needs to hit a Steiner screwdriver. Nah, that's
0: bro, come on. It's too flashy. We don't need all the we don't need all that choreographed shit in wrestling. We need <laughs> go back to the basics. Arn Anderson. The Carolinas. The Spine Buster.
1: <laughs> go back to the basics. Grab a hole. Grab a hole. this <laughs> uh, should be well, a, a pretty fun tag match though.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you look at the names involved and I mean, it it looks very compelling. Um, you know, I am wondering what the story here is. Maybe this is leading to what you kind of alluded to the idea that a never six man open weight tag team title match might be, uh, waiting in the wings with a team decay on the opposite side as challengers. Yeah. Also, you know, you can never discount the idea that Zack Sabre Jr. is still, the current reigning television champion and uh you know i i know it's okada and ishii on the other side but you never know they might be trying to look to establish an, a next challenger because as of now we don't have one for him
1: yeah maybe okada wants to win it's so like he, he could break zach's record
0: <laughs> well zach already broke his record right. so there's that <laughs> but um yeah i mean uh, can okada beat you know um zach in 15 minutes i don't know
1: yeah that that would be interesting. That would be interesting. An Okada like title run where like, all his matches have to be fifteen minutes.
0: It'd be kind of interesting, but then it's like, what's the fucking point of this title? It's supposed to be for the young dudes. You got <laughs> Ishii and Okada's the next challengers. Like what, what?
1: the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, next matchup, we got the provisional KOPW title on the line. The champion who will defend against Show. In uh, Chi's Rules, which on the poll where um, all seconds will be handcuffed in the match. So in this bout, there will be no time limit. And the members of House of Torture will be handcuffed to the members of Just5Guys. With Evil being cuffed to Sonata, Yujiro being cuffed to Doki, and Dick Togo being cuffed to Taka Michinoku. So you're saying there's no time limit? Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, this
0: match could go on. Forever <laughs> That sounds like such a nightmare. Oh my god. Um now House of Torture, it's just those four members, right? Or is there five guys in House of Torture? I can't recall. They're,
1: they're just four guys.
0: Okay. It's Dick Togo, mm-hmm. Show, mm-hmm. Evil, and Yujiro, that's it? Yeah. Okay. But there are only who are we missing? Because obviously Kanemaru's is hurt, so he's out. So who's not
1: like that, handcuffed? That's the only person that's missing. It's Kanemaru. Okay, Sh- so wrestling. we still
0: have the other three members of Just Five. I'm
1: terrible at math. Yeah. So yeah, you have so Kanemaru's out. So you have the three other three guys, and then Tai Chi's wrestling.
0: Okay, so we're covered. I, yeah. I'm like worried about like a fifth house of torture guy that's not handcuffed that's well maybe
1: maybe they introduce a new member
0: i hope not (laughs) also this rule sucks like like what's how is that even going to play you know
1: well you're going to have the whole thing where the guys are handcuffed together and they're both rolling in the ring together and then you have a bunch of handcuffed guys like brawling in the ring and
0: but think about like just the optics of how it starts right the match starts and you're handcuffed to someone you don't like are you just going to start running it right away like is it just going to be a, a melee or are they going to do the thing where they're like trying to have a modicum of sportsmanship <laughs> where they try to you know coexist but you know pulling at each other's arms and until it you know degenerates it just seems so stupid
1: to me. yeah it, it'll probably be that <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> all of it's terrible yeah um I hope Tai Chi wins. I, really... I don't care. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: really don't. I don't care if Tai Chi or Sho wins this match. Uh,
1: oh, man. So, uh, why ne- can't
0: we just have regular, like, bro, we just,
1: you know. Run, run back Tai Chi and Shingo.
0: How? Why can't we have regular rules, like, um, st- stipulation matches? You know what I mean? Like, why does it have to be so zany?
1: Right, why like, can't we just have a Gennady Q match and just, just call it a day? Or, like, you know, I'm not saying to copy
0: them necessarily, but, like, AEW just had a a pretty fucking raw, like, strap match. Just do a strap match. Yeah, that'd you be know? dope. Do an I quit match. If you can't pick it as part of your rule set in WWE 2K3 or whatever the fuck the games are called, you probably shouldn't be doing it. There's <laughs> You can't play this in 2K.
1: Uh, can't play it in Fire Pro. You can't do this in Fire Pro. You probably shouldn't be doing it. Just, you know. Just do an exploding barbed bar wire match. What happened
0: to Coal Miner's Glove on a pole match? Why can't we do that?
1: Uh, Judy, <laughs> ba- to- Judy Bagwell on a pole.
0: What happened to the flag match? Why can't we have a fucking flag match? There you know?
1: go. Just five guys flag have a torture flag Put in i the missed phone. the i missed the the glory
0: days of this title when we had amateur pro wrestling rule matches and sumo wrestling mixed martial matches. arts mixed martial arts those were the the pinnacle you know you can only beat the guy with your finisher mm. match what happened to that shit good old days the good old days <laughs> there was never a good old days for this title this is the <laughs> title that needs to fucking go we you got people advocating for getting rid of the red belt what the fuck for we got the light blue belt let's scrap this shit yeah this I, is a blight on this company
1: I, i'd even rather just keep the strong titles over the klpw
0: bro we don't need a strong title we don't need a klpw title we don't we we sure as hell don't need no women's titles <laughs> the fuck are we doing? This is not the New Japan I signed up for in 2016 to cover this promotion.
1: Oh, man. I'm dead. The TV title? What for? It's not
0: even on TV. What the fuck are we doing?
1: Oh, man. So, uh, after that, we got... uh iwgp tag team title match uh Bishamon. with that being said i think tai chi retains <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh uh bishop uh defending the titles against uh mikey nichols and shane hayes
0: you know i did think originally that team dk was going to retain but my alarm bells are going off way too much with the fact that they've uh won almost the entirety of the feud leading up to this granted they have had a lot of title shots and they have failed at each juncture I feel like they're gonna lose here um I hope they don't I'd be glad if they won but I kind of get this weird feeling that like we're gonna get the new champions coming out of Wrestle Kingdom like out of World Tag League and Wrestle Kingdom
1: yeah maybe I don't know I'm kind of feeling they might try to do like another like Bishamon story out to, to run world tag league and going kind to of make them one of the focal points like if they're not the champions or the whole quest to kind of win world tag league again i think that the hundredth this is just my new feeling and i could be completely wrong
0: and completely off base but this is just where i feel like we're going kind of doing a little bit of like a you know reading the tea leaves I think one of the tag teams that will come eventually arrive at world tag league is going to be Shingo Takagi and Yota Suji. And they, they're going to win world tag league and challenge Bishamon and be the new, the hundredth champions come wrestle kingdom. Cause I don't really know what they're going to do with those guys for the, for the rest of the year. You know, I don't think Yota Suji is, well, I guess I'm spoiling the, the preview, but I don't think Yota Suji is beating, Will Ospreay here, Yeah, he's going to need something to do. Those are two top guys that have nothing to do between now and and Wrestle Kingdom. You put them in World Tag League, I think they're winning this shit. I think they're going to be the next champions.
1: They should be. I mean, they they would be, I think, heavy favorites in that tournament, and I think them versus Bishamon would be a great uh, Tokyo Dome tag match. I agree. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, TMDK. Uh, I think I'm going to go with them winning, and then maybe – You do some kind of three-way Tokyo Dome and you do them defending against Bishamon and um, Suji and and Shingo, but we'll see what happens. You you could be right here. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not even necessarily saying I'm right. You could even still have Team DK win and then you still have a story to set up whoever it is at World Tag League to be the next
1: champion, you know, challengers in right. the Wrestle Kingdom. And, the, and there's still power struggle in November before Tag League, so you could have one more title defense, tactile defense before World Tag League.
0: This is the first match, though, that we've previewed on this show that I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. So.
1: So uh, next after that, we're going to have a, a grudge match up here, special singles match, Shingo Takagi versus The Great O'Con yeah
0: i mean um we've seen them wrestle before i don't know if i've necessarily loved the matches that they've had but um they have they have a a stage and opportunity to go out there and really deliver so i hope they do uh in either case i'm i don't know i like i want shingo to win because i'm a bigger fan of shingo and i just Mm -hmm. haven't seen you know i i like great okan but you know, I'm tired of having the discussion, when is he going to take the step up and become the guy that people think he's projected to be? And until I see something more, I'm just not going to really engage in that kind of conversation
1: anymore, really. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat of you. Definitely a, a bigger fan of Shingo. Shingo is a 2-0 and against uh, Great O'Connor in their previous matchups. Um and, and you know the build is kind of been alright. Um, but I kinda of wanna see Shingo doing something a little bit more important. Uh but yeah, with Ocon, like I feel like both guys are kinda of at a crossroad right now. I feel like both right. guys kinda of need this win. Um But I I would rather see Shingo win and be elevated to potentially have some kind of big singles match before World Tag League.
0: Well, you know, in a situation like this, usually the winner would be a de facto title challenger. Maybe you do something like that where you have Shingo win this match and be the next challenger for Sonata's title to kind of round out the whole he beat everybody from his past from LIJ before he finally takes on Sonata. Uh, Maybe that's takes on that. Or I'm sorry, before he takes on Naito, yeah
1: Yeah, I think that would make sense Yeah, you definitely could do Shingo Versus Tanada at Power Struggle I think that would be a great uh, main event um, So, yeah, we we'll am go with Shingo Winning, hopefully to set that match up So then after that will be uh, Tetsuya Naito versus Jeff Cobb For the contract Slash tote Slash, I guess, main event at Wrestle Kingdom
0: yeah, I mean, the match should be good. They've they've had good matches in the past with one another. They've got a lot of chemistry. Um, but ultimately, like, we know where this is heading, um, so there's not a lot of drama there. Uh, unless, you know, they pull some sort of crazy curveball and have, you know, Jeff Cobb win. But I'm just, I'm, I'm not expecting it whatsoever. I, I think uh, Naito wins here easily.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely an easy defense for Naito. Um should be a good matchup here, but yeah, Naito will get the win here and obviously continue his path to the Tokyo Dome. So then that takes us to the big main event here for the IWGP US slash UK heavyweight title. The champion Will Ospreay will defend against the Gene Blast, Yota Suji.
0: This is the the match really that th- the show looks good. I mean, I'm I'm sure Naito and Cobb is going to be very good. Um, Shingo and Great O'Conn, that's a, a special singles match, and we've got the big IWGP Tag Team Title match. But realistically, this match here is levels above everything else on the show in terms of quality, potential, stakes, fan interest. Uh, the build-up, everything ar- around it. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to this one. I don't expect Yotasuji to win, but stranger things have happened in this company. Mm-hmm. And with the speculation that Will Ospreay might potentially be on his way out from the company, it begs the question: do you keep that title on him? all the way through to wrestle kingdom until he's potentially leaving do you think that that's a, a more marketable approach yeah. which is something that they did with kenny omega on his way out he dropped the belt at wrestle kingdom to tanahashi They could be setting something like that up similarly or you might kind of feel and they've sort of alluded to this in the bill they keep mentioning that will his stature in the, in the industry and how he's viewed right now is maybe above the title itself. And if that's the case, maybe maybe they're kind of uh, spoiling their hand and letting us know, like we don't need him to carry this belt all the way to January. We can do a, a, a dream match at the Tokyo Dome and move on and, and put the title on Yotosuji. Surrounding all of that, is the, you know, the discourse around the UK slash US belt and the IC belt and the world title and everything that is kind of being spun by uh, Yota Tsuji and his uh, comments. I don't know if you've seen any of those videos.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, they could definitely yeah, use this kind of elevate to bring back the IC title with this whole US UK thing. Um and yeah, I'm. I'm also. I'm probably leaning towards to Will winning this matchup. I mean, he just beat Mayor Fuji. He is beating Kenny Omega. He beat Okada. Um, you know, he's on this Murderer's Row of just beating all these really top, incredible guys. You know, Jericho at Wembley. Um, so he's he's really built up right now. So I could see them wanting to kind of keep that momentum going, and they bring in somebody big to beat him at Wrestle Kingdom. But at the same time, I feel like now's the time to pull the trigger on Yota Tsuji. I, I feel like he's super over. Great reactions to every city they go to. He's a great wrestler, great charisma. Uh, I feel like he's. It's kind of one of the things for New Japan. Kind of they do this sometimes where they they wait too long to pull a trigger on a young guy. They kind of they want him to kind of pay his dues and they go through yeah, go through your World Tag League and do that. like no like. Put the belt, give this man the U.S. belt and, like, have him kill it. Like, I think it would be a great, like, shocking system for Suji to win a title like this and then have some great defenses.
0: You know, I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, hot potato type style booking necessarily. But there is something to be said about when you, you know, pull the trigger on somebody and, you know, use that opportunity to make them. And that was something that we were sort of looking out for from this year's June climax that a block with all those top young guys and realistically they made none of them which you know to some fans might be seen as like a net positive because it's like oh the long plays it is in play because now we're gonna have to see how, how these guys try to rise above one another long term but realistically when nobody gets over nobody gets over and that's kind of where we're at with to Suji, and you've heard a lot of like pundits and talking heads say that they should have already pulled the trigger and put the title on him back at uh, Dominion when he challenged uh, against Sonata. Um, I, I'm not necessarily in that camp, but I do think it would be extremely interesting and entertaining to go ahead and put the title on him. We saw what it did for Jay White when they decided to put the the red belt on Jay White over Kenny Omega. And that was essentially the thing that made Jay from, you know, not necessarily day one, but like day two, essentially. Yeah. Um, And they could do something similar, similarly here. And one of the things that um, I heard Suji say, I, I watched the, did you watch that video that they put on YouTube? Yeah. You know, and one thing he mentioned, he's like, you know, I'm the same age as Will Osprey. He's like, I don't even see this as like a changing of the guard. I see him as my peer, even though, like, when I first started, he was already at the top of the company. Like, I'm here to kind of like show him like I'm his contemporary. Yeah. And um, he had some pretty telling comments where he was like, you know, uh, he's one of the best wrestlers out there. Look at the way he wrestles, but look at the way he talks. And he started kind of <laughs> questioning. His sense of self-worth and his sense of self-belief. And he was like, you know, uh, he's like, you look at the the aces of this company and view the way that they talk about themselves. And then you view the way that Will Ospreay talks about himself. And he's like, Will's going around saying, I beat this many guys in this many days. Oi, oi, this is who I am, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I never heard Tanahashi or Kata ever talk about the guys they beat ever. Mm. They didn't have to reassure themselves about who the fuck they were. And, like, again, it's unearned, but Suji has this aura about him that, like, he's done nothing in kayfabe to earn it, but he just knows who the fuck he is. Right, dude.
1: His his aura, the charisma, the way he carries himself in the Mm -hmm. ring, the way he's just organically gotten over, like, there's just so many attributes and qualities that makes him a star. And if I'm Gato, I should I should evaluate that and be like, all right, this guy's getting over, his promos look great, his presence is great, looks like a star, wrestles like a star. Like, I gotta push this guy.
0: Yeah, and you know, I do think that there could be potentially money in keeping Ospreay as champion and letting him carry all the way to January. And who knows? maybe he's not going anywhere but i'm kind of just operating under the assumption right now that this guy's got one foot out the door and he's leaving after january 4th that's sort of what the 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 chit chat is if you understand
1: the tea leaves
0: yeah and so i am wondering if he's the big fish who's gonna reel him in what what is that match that you can do i know that there's probably some people listening and thinking like well you know, the match you probably wanted to do is him and Omega again at the Tokyo Dome. But remember that part of that story was like, if I can't overcome Omega by the end of the year, I'm going to leave. Well, he already overcame him, you know, right. he did that forbidden door. Right. Um, and if he's carrying the belt into the Tokyo Dome, what good would it do to have him drop the title to Kenny before he leaves the company? You know what I mean? Because, we already saw how that went and
1: right. It will be right back where we were last year.
0: Yeah. That doesn't really do much for me, but then I have to start wondering like, what is the marketable match that could be on the docket for a wrestle kingdom marquee match where you put champion Will Ospreay against whomever where he's expected to drop the title and it means something. And the only name that really is coming to my mind that you can do that with is like what, Umino? That's what I was thinking, yeah. Do I... And then, if that's the case, I start playing with the math, I'm like, what would be better? Not pulling the trigger on Suji, who I think has more upside, more proven star potential, and is, in my opinion, a better wrestler right now, and then letting Will go on and do some sort of dream match as he exits the company, or... Do I hold off until Umino is the guy that we pull the trigger on? Do I have that sort of faith in him to be the guy to usurp um, Will? I, I kind of feel like maybe you should just drop the title here and let Will go on and face Kenny or whoever the fuck at the Tokyo Dome and try to, like, capitalize on that, make the most money you can. Yeah. Without, without the title being in
1: play. Right, and then you do Suji versus Umino. And you do a big title match with those two guys and kind of kick off like their Wrestle Kingdom history and feud there.
0: And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just uh, project here and, and what I think long-term makes more business sense. And it's like, or, you know what? In a perfect world, maybe you do Suji here. He fails. And somehow he finds his way back to title con- contention come January fourth and then he's the guy that wins it on the rematch. He'd do a two match series. Yeah. Maybe that's possible. I don't know. Yeah,
1: what if what if uh Suji can wrestle him to a, a draw?
0: A sixty minute time of a draw? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I don't need a Broadway.
0: <laughs> um but I wouldn't be opposed to a two match series between these guys. Maybe that's the way we're going, you know?
1: Yeah. I think that could be great and then yeah, Suji kind of rebuilt, kind of builds some confidence to World Tag League teaming with Shingo, and then, yeah, you have him come out and challenge Ospreay again.
0: Uh, look, look, I'll just say it like this. My heart, my gut, and my mind are all telling me Will retains here. But because I don't want to be the dumbest – I, I want to be the smartest guy in the room. You want to be, <laughs>
1: be ahead.
0: I want to be ahead. I kind of want to say Suji, even though nothing is pointing to me to say 100% that he should win, and you know, I, I I don't feel strong enough to, to say that's my official stance, but all I all I am saying, it's not my prediction that he's gonna win. But don't count it out. Right. Don't
1: be surprised if he doesn't win.
0: Don't be surprised if he wins the title here. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Because again, think and then the other thing too, think about it like Suji failed with Sonata, he failed in the G one. Do you want, you know, if you're the booker and you see an upside in this guy, do you want him to fail here again? You know, is the, is what you're trying to do just like for him to have a really great match with Osprey so he can be made, quote unquote, in losing and his uh, profile, he gets the rub from working with a better guy and having a great match? Or do I want one of my my young guys to beat Will before he walks out of this place? I, I think they might be smart to have him win
1: here i hope so i, I think i think that's the right call I I, I I think it's the right call too but i feel like they're gonna have
0: will carry the belt to the tokyo dome
1: yeah yeah i mean if i'm doing the safe bet you know gun to my head yeah, i'm picking will osprey to win this match but if i'm book, if i, if I had the book i'll put suji over uh, we did have a question here from Reddit user Stone Tombstone says Josh mentioned last week that Suji is a big boy. That said, I often see New Japan fans describe Suji as being the surprisingly agile but towering heavyweight, implying he's one of the bigger men on the roster. But then you look up his stats, and he's only six feet tall and two hundred twenty-seven pounds. That's like nineteen ninety-nine, two thousands ECW Jerry Lynn, who was among the smaller top guys in all of wrestling. In fact, Umino is pretty much the same size exactly. So what do you think gives everyone this impression?
0: Well, um, a couple things. I don't think Jerry Lynn is six foot. I think he's like billed as five eleven mm-hmm. and not actually five <laughs> eleven. Um, in fact, I'll I'll just say this. Like I've stood I'm six two and I've stood next to Jerry Lynn and he's not. He's not six foot. He's not close to six foot. Um, uh, with, aside from that, though, yeah, six foot isn't necessarily like the biggest proportion person in the world, you know. But, you know, it's not all about his height. It also is about his proportions and his build. And he's a stocky, broad motherfucker. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you don't see too many guys with his build and physique doing the sorts of things that he does so I think that's kind of what we mean um and I think he is bigger than who do you say Umino yeah I I don't think Umino is the same size as him exactly I think that they can be similarly similar heights and similar weights but like he's not big the way Umino Umino Umino's or I'm sorry uh Suji's big
1: yeah, I mean, you just look at his, his his torso, his body, like his proportions, like you mentioned. Obviously, Umino is jacked; like he has a, a ton of muscle. But just like the way like, Suji um, is built, he's just a bigger guy with that with that frame. And plus two, it's in Japan, like the the. That's the thing. It's in Japan. Like the guys there are a little bit smaller than to like the to Western wrestling, especially domestic stars. So I mean, that's another thing too. Is
0: like, uh, you know, you look at like okada or like jake lee and they're like really big for domestic japanese professional wrestlers there's not many guys their size you know in the craft similar like suji similar to that in a certain respect you know
1: Mm -hmm. yeah all right well that's gonna wrap up our preview for destruction in kobe uh josh take us to the news Yeah, so we got a few news
0: items here. The IWGP UK champ, Will Ospreay, made his New Japan Noah debut this past weekend at uh, Naomichi Marafuji's 25th anniversary show, and he defeated Naomichi Marafuji in the main event. We had a question here. Rambo and Slam Pig said, what are your thoughts on Will Ospreay versus Naomichi Marafuji? It is pretty amazing to see the run Will's been on against top opponents from a variety of promotions. I have a hard time seeing anyone else catching him for Wrestler of the Year.
1: Well, if you ask PWI, he's not even in the top 10. So,
0: <laughs> if you ask
1: the PWI, there's just several people. Tetsuya
0: Naito is not even in the fucking <laughs> top 500 wrestlers of the, of, in the world. Masha Slamovich is better than Tetsuya
1: Naito. Maybe, you know, bring her over. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, we got women's titles now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I haven't got a chance to to watch this match yet. I've seen a lot of clips and gifs from the match, and uh, it look, looks pretty awesome. I've heard people give it rave reviews. I know it was like uh, super high rated on Cage Match. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out.
0: I did watch this match. Spoiler alert! It is my Excursion Match of the Week recommendation. So Jeremy has to watch it, whether he whether he wants to or not. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought the match was fantastic. I mean. Um, I thought him and, and Marufuji did a lot of really cool, unique stuff. This is probably one of the best Marufuji matches, like singles matches in a long time. It was very special, had an incredible atmosphere and environment. Um, uh, just, you know, I, I, I don't want to overblow it and say like, it's the best match of the year, or like a match of the year contender, but it was pretty fucking awesome. And, uh, I'm excited to, uh, get Jeremy's, you know, takes and opinions on it you know i feel like that's that'll be a little more definitive
1: uh next week but where are you going on snowflakes on it
0: i don't know i'm like probably four and a half okay which is very 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 good i mean it's uh like he mentioned will you know what's funny is like i at first i was like um i was trying to think about like if i thought it was will's best like excursion match but then i thought about like the jericho match which i like I thought was really good, but maybe not fully, fully up to like the Will Ospreay level. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was probably better than that. Oh but wow. I'm still like but I'm still like four and a half on it. And which I think is the same rating I gave the Jericho match. So I don't know. Gotcha. It's really it was really great. It was fantastic. A lot of people really liked it and it felt special. So um in other news, all three strong titles uh, singles titles will be on the line at Fighting Spirit Unleashed October 28th. And you said all three singles titles, but there's only two singles titles and a tag title.
1: There's the, well, the strong, so it's a strong open weight title, the women's title. And the tags. Tags. Okay. Yep. My bad.
0: Yes. <laughs> you gave me a bad copy. Uh, all three strong titles will be on the line at Fighting Spirit Unleashed October 28th. Um, other news, international Wrestling king, uh, Wrestle Kingdom tickets sales started Friday, September 15th. If you're you know international and you want to go, those are available. Um, in other news, after sustaining a knee injury September 9th, Yoshinabu Kanemaru is still not currently cleared to compete and will be absent for the remainder of the Road to Destruction Tour. We'll keep up on his injuries and, and you know see how that goes. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazushiko Kata it was announced that they're that they're going to put the never open weight six man titles on the line in Ryo Goku against the Motor City Machine Guns and Josh Alexander. Uh, Kazuchika Okada had some pretty interesting backstage comments regarding this announced match, uh, basically saying that there's no company that he detests more in the wrestling world than Impact. And then he said, "Wait, scratch that. I don't give a fuck about Impact. TNA. <laughs> it's TNA that I hate." <laughs> Uh, Two more matches are confirmed for the New Japan Academy Summer 2023 showcase. Trisha Adora and Johnny Robbie versus Viva Van and J Rod, as well as SoCal Crazy versus Vegan Keegan versus Buck Skinner versus Jake Painter. Top notch names there. On today's DDT show, Minoru Suzuki defeated Sanchiro Takagi in a false Count Anywhere match that took place in a bullet train. And there was a moment in this match where, uh, um, what's wrong with me? Kenta Kobashi showed up and gave a, a giant chop to Minoru Suzuki. Pretty yeah, funny. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Minoru Suzuki is going to face Jacob Fatu in a dream match on October uh, 11th. Okay, because it said one TTH. I'm like, what's what's one? <laughs> <laughs> on October 11th, the MLW Slaughterhouse. September 12th, saw a special ceremony at the So Sojiji so, so Temple in uh, Surumi, Yokohama, marking the first anniversary of Antonio Inoki's passing at the age of 79 on October 1st, as well as to unveil a special statue at the temple. The bronze statue was made uh, to 110% of Inoki's living size, with Kazushiko Okada acting as the model for the statue's physique, uh, representing New Japan Pro Wrestling at the unveiling were Tiger Masks, Toshi Kojima, Hiroshi Tenzan, Uji Nagata, Hiroshi, Tana, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tanahashi, and Kazushiko Okada, as well as NJPW consultant Seiji Sakaguchi. Um, All Japan and NOAA also had multiple uh, attendants there. There was over 120 people in attendance at the ceremony. And Enoki's cremated remains are currently with the daughter, Hiroki, who resides in the U.S. and will be laid to rest in Yokohama when she returns to Japan later this year. The Grave and Statue are open for viewing to the general public. Um, really weird. There was no AEW representation at this <laughs> unveiling. <laughs> and there was no announcement of how any of this plays into WrestleDream. It's strange.
1: Maybe they're going to fly the statue over for WrestleDream. Do you think that... The daughter is going to
0: show up at Wrestle Dream with the ashes and the urn and be honored by Tony Khan and and
1: all of the representatives from AEW for Wrestle Dream. I mean, I I would hope that if you're if you're gonna do this whole thing, like the daughter's in the U.S., bring her in, you know, do the whole Martha Hart gimmick, put her on the stage, let her say something. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) you would
0: think. You would think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they should have. You know what they should do? Give everybody that shows up that night red towels to wear. They should, yeah. Red scarves or blue scarves, either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: All right, we got some uh, questions here, and then we'll go to uh, recommended and excursion match of the week. Uh, so, first uh, question here from Deaf Triangle Seven Twenty says: If Suji and Chingo don't have singles matches at Russell Kingdom, should they win World Tag League and have Lij whole goal by the end of Wrestle Kingdom?
0: Oh, he stole my idea. (laughs) Actually, he didn't steal it because I never said it publicly. So maybe me and Death Triangle, maybe he's secretly like my burner account where I send in (laughs) questions (laughs) to the show. (laughs) No, uh, we're on the same wavelength though. Yeah, I think that that's a, I I think that'd be a great way to go. And I, I'm just kind of looking like who else, what tag team is out there right now that like,
1: you know, you could, you could see them pushing through World Tag League and really meaning anything. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I would have said Aussie Open if they were still here. There's no Aussie Open. TMDK are getting a title shot here in uh, September. Oh, Maybe I got, I got a- it. Bad Luck falle and Jack Bonza. Let's go. They...
0: They, they will be in uh, World Tag League, it appears. It seems like they're gearing up for that. They were kind of alluding to it a bit on the New Japan World website. Um, you know, there, there, there really isn't a tag team. And, I mean, it, it feels like if you go Bishamon again, you know, you're kind of retreading the same waters that you've gone over so many times. There's no dangerous techers. I feel like it's time for them to come up with a new tag team, and it might be in their best interest to do, like, Suji and um, Shingo, because what else are those guys going to be doing at that time?
1: Right. If, if Suji doesn't beat Osprey, then he's probably not going to be geared up for a big singles match. So you, I think you definitely want to have him on the card. So having a team with Shingo, I think would be a great idea. See, I'm covered either way, because if Suji beats Osprey, I'm going to claim that I predicted it.
0: <laughs> and then, but if he loses and, and he goes to a tag league with Suji I'm going predict- to claim I predicted that shit too
1: <laughs> either way I'm good oh man uh, he also asked outside of the main event for Wrestle Kingdom 18 what would be the most exciting card for people to want to watch
0: is he saying that outside of Sonata and Naito not being necessarily the greatest match of all time <laughs> Well, I do kind of, I, I am leaning towards the idea that we're probably going to get Brian Danielson and Okada at the dome. Yep, yeah, that'd be great. And then you kind of have to ask yourself where Will is. And I don't know, I kind of felt like we were going to get Will and Omega again,
1: but maybe not if he's on his way out. Hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the big matches for Will are, are kind of outside the company, like, yeah, doing an Omega rematch, a Jericho rematch you could do.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I hate
1: to say, like, what else is there for him to
0: do, but think about it. What, what is the dream match that you could have for Will Ospreay that he hasn't done over the past five years in this
1: company? He's wrestled literally everybody. And he's beating pretty much all the big people this year. He's already beaten Okada. Uh, he's he's wrestled Naito. He beat Jericho. He's beating Omega. Like <laughs> Okada was like the big the big one, and they already did
0: the like quote unquote payoff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't see a a big um, unless like you want to send him out doing a favor on the way out, like you split him off from his group, and maybe he loses to like an Ocon or a Jeff Cobb, but that might seem even by some fan standard, like a lackluster way to do the exit, but that Mm -hmm. is a way you could go. But I mean, he's even fighting Zach, Zach Sabre jr. In London. That's, you know, that's a generational matchup that probably has a lot of importance and meaning, but I don't know. I, I don't know what's left for, for him in this company. And I'm wondering, obviously he's one of the top guys in the company. So He's going to have a big spot at at Wrestle Kingdom, I'm sure. Um, I'm wondering what Tanahashi is going to be doing, if anything. Like, if this is the definitive year where it's like he goes down the card. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be... A, what, no. did, what did he do last year?
1: Um, I don't remember. Neither do I. I remember the year before it was the Kenta match. Was,
0: uh... Yeah, he had the Kenta match, and I remember he wrestled Jericho one year know, re- that's a match no one ever talks about, which was which fantastic. great. Yeah, I don't remember what he did last year.
1: Well, last year was what? Seventeen?
0: Yeah. Did he wrestle Kenta again?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. Was he in a title match? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here. i pull, pulling the card up here. Let's see. Ah. Uh,
0: How do I not remember
1: what Tanahashi did at Wrestle Kingdom last year? Let's see. Come on, where's the card? Here we go, results. He wasn't booked. (laughs) Let's see here. Catch-2-2 versus Leo Rugg, Kyrie Tam, Bishamon, FTR, Zach Narita. Yeah, and, oh, that's right. They had the um uh, the KG Muto match. It was Muto, Tanahashi, oh, and Umino yeah, 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 yeah. against
0: L I J. And that at the time felt like, ooh, that's a little bit of a going down sort of moment. So I don't know. I feel like the two big names that are not in the title match, more so than anybody else, are um Okada and Will because you got Naito and Sonata in that match. And so I think that, that you're you're probably going to base the rest of your big matches around them. I feel like you could probably get a little juice out of something with uh, Tanahashi. Obviously, the junior match, there's still probably something there for Hiromu. Maybe, I hate to say it, but him and Desperado again, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: I don't know. I, I'm not like, right now, I... I'm not able to like project a super super happening um, Wrestle Kingdom as it stands.
1: Yeah, I think it's we're still it's a little bit too far out to kind of see what what makes sense for that card. But also, there's stuff you can do. I think they really they, they should really focus on elevating the younger guys. I think they should uh, this year. I feel
0: like uh, that's probably imperative because again, and this goes back to the rant. Starting from the G1, when you don't elevate, when you don't elevate any of those three guys specifically, you know, the musketeers coming out of the A block, you don't have anything to build off of for your biggest show of the year in January. You know, if they're kind of in limbo in that in-between time, what have we really done? What, What business are we building? And there is an exodus most likely coming early next year. We have to have the right pieces in place to fill those gaps. And right now, I'm not so sure that they have those pieces in place.
1: Yeah. I know usually they do a great job of, you know, rebuilding, refueling, reloading the cannon, but yeah, they're kind of a spot where they have some talent, but they haven't done a good job of setting up in the the right spot. The raw material is there. They've got the building blocks, but
0: they haven't set them up to step into the roles like we're talking about. And the guys that they do kind of have position in those places, like, Tama Tonga and David Finley, you kind of have to ask yourself do you, do you have that faith that those are the guys? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, if I were them, I would have all three Musketeers win some kind of title by them. Like, you do Suji and Shingo win the tag titles. Maybe um, Narita wins the TV title from Zach and then Umino wins the US title or, or the Never title. One thing we we didn't discuss, and maybe I don't know if this comes up
0: again uh in these questions, but d- do we have any questions about the i c title situation uh no, I don't think so okay, so we should probably talk about that real quick so you know one of the things that we kind of were wondering is how do they how do they work that scenario out what what does that look like and basically what suji has postulated and, and you know basically thrown out there is like If he wins the US-UK title and then Naito wins the world title, Naito never wanted the titles to be unified to begin with. And so what he has basically offered is that he will retire the Red Belt entirely and they will split the IC title out of the IWGP slash IWGP world title and bring back the icy belt and he said that he would like to at that point he would want to challenge for it now they didn't make it clear if that means he would be challenging naito for it or if it would just become a vacant belt that he would be challenging for mm. versus somebody else but this is the scenario that is being uh presented and personally i mean you know i, I do like the red belt i think it's had an important place but i think the white belt is even higher in stature in the uh you know lore the the lore of new japan pro wrestling and i kind of like that idea of retiring the red belt bringing the white belt back and my feeling is if this is what you're going to do it'd be best to just retcon the entire history of the world title and just retain the iwgp lineage into it period just split off the do a full retcon split the IC belt and retcon the entire uh title lineage going all the way back to in 87
1: yeah i think that's would be probably a good thing to do to give the world title back its lineage kind of bring back that icy title which is known for its great matches and its importance in the history of the company and you know, you don't really need a, a title called the U S title. If it's never really defended in the U S or part of the, the U S product at all, you have the strong title, a strong title can quote unquote become your, your U S title.
0: Suji also mentioned during his link uh, it is a short interview, but he touched a lot of subjects and he talked about how like th- they might not be able to, to uh, kind of echoing some of the sentiments we saw from Obari not too long ago, or maybe it Sugabayashi, I can't recall, but um, he basically said that instead of seeing himself as somebody going to the U.S., he wants to be somebody that expands New Japan into other countries that are not like, you know, um, where wrestling's not part of the fabric of their uh, pop culture. And he's like, I want to go to Africa, I want to go to the Middle East, I want to go to India. And I was like, huh, that is, those are very interesting remarks. And maybe that would be a reason why you know just from an optic standpoint you get rid of the u.s branding or the uk branding and then you make it intercontinental it's something that's more presentable to other countries around the world you know
1: yeah i think that does make a ton of sense yeah with the with the marketing and if yeah we refer those comments yeah the foreign to go more into other countries in in Asia and um, and other unreached kind of areas that don't really have a big wrestling promotion. So, yeah, having an IC title makes a ton of sense if you're going to kind of pull out the U.S. and you still have the strong brand, you have a strong title. So I think it makes a ton of sense.
0: Yeah, if they do this, though, I would want them to actually get a championship-level plate for the IC belt because the last plates that they were using were basically um, really cheap knockoff uh, replicas of the original belt that was destroyed by Naito. Mm-hmm. And it it never, like the the one that you held, Jeremy, the one that um, Suzuki you Suzuki had at a- That Suzuki had, it's those weren't raised plates. Those were like replica level. And I hated that they had, even when they were like, and this is just me being a belt nerd, but I hated when they were, holding the double gold and you could see how much better the IWGP title looked s- sitting next to the Intercontinental title yeah so, other yeah. people don't care about it as much as I do but like the original IC title was beautiful like but it, that's because it had raised
1: plates well yeah hopefully they they invest and in, you know bring out an IC title that looks I mean who knows maybe they'll do a whole new design but if they're even doing it
0: I mean yeah. I don't know if they're actually gonna do this you know maybe but it does feel like why continue to talk about it why have it be part of the conversation if you're not planning to actually go that way
1: right and obari has like commented on stuff on twitter gideon gray has said stuff so yeah clearly it seems like there's something happening there so i think yeah i think it's going to come back but something else we forgot to mention too um in the preview with the zach suji match and we Uh, mentioned it earlier was Zach versus Will, and Zach challenging Will for that title. Um, And so is it kind of a foregone conclusion that Will's going to win, so you do Will Zach, or is it some kind of upset and you do Suji Zach and Will faces somebody else at at, um, Royal Quest? Well, I feel like you need to do Will Zach at
0: Royal Quest title or no title. Yeah. Because to me, that's the send-off for both guys um i'm not saying zach's leaving the company although you never know it seems like he's getting courted by tony Khan <laughs> <laughs> as well but um in terms of them being like mainstay guys in rep pro and all that and in the uk it feels like one final big match between the two of them uh you know w- and that's going to be at the copper box yeah so yeah. i think they're doing that regardless of the title situation um but yeah I mean maybe Maybe Will retains And is defending there maybe not I don't know
1: Yeah So next question here uh, Wiz Factor says what would be A reasonable ceiling for Ray Oiwa and Prosling Noah Could we see a young line on excursion Become GHC heavyweight champion Can we expect Yuto Nakashima To leave on excursion soon Is he ready for it and where should he go I don't know. I don't really know because I'm not watching Noah like that. I couldn't
0: tell you what the ceiling for him is. I mean, I I would say this if they put their GHC title on him as a young lion on excursion, that's the biggest hoeing of all, (laughs) which is already like pretty. I mean, at this point, what it looks like, it looks like the only reason that they even brought, uh, um, Kiyomiya. Kiyomiya into the G1 was to solidify a <laughs> an excursion spot for Oila on the way out which right. is like is just, that what this all was about?
1: It's just a storyline to have yeah, Kiyomiya be uh, Oiwa's mentor or whatever. Which that's, that's hoish as it is already so
0: if you're going to turn around and put the top strap on this guy like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know I don't even know I don't know what belts they have. I think they have like a, a United National title, like it's the NWA circa 1984. <laughs> so I I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe not. We've seen we've seen guys on excursion win you know secondary titles uh, when it was warranted. So who knows?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Again, not really a big follower of Pro Noah, so I'm not sure like what they're what's the booking, what's going on over there right now. Uh, but yeah, I kind of find it's not kind of surprising for him to win a title. I mean, also you mentioned that, that this happened before, but I don't know I feel like a lot of it's going to be him kind of learning from Kiyomiya. Who knows? Maybe him and Kiyomiya can win the tag titles. Uh, that
0: seems that seems like something that's very possible. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at uh, the titles they have currently. It's just it's the heavyweight, the national, then they have the junior and the junior tag, and then the GHC tag. So. Yeah, I, I think those two guys winning the tag team titles seems very reasonable and, and likely.
1: Yeah. Uh, who Who is the GHC champion right now? I don't even know. It's Jake Lee. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And as far as Yuto Nakashima, uh, I mean, he did start around the same time as Oyo. So, yeah, maybe they will be getting ready to send him off soon. Uh, but I'm not sure where he should go.
0: I have no idea. I mean, he, he did... It, I, honestly, he started before Oiwa and Fujita, but he right, was yeah. sidelined with an injury for so long. He yeah. kind of got bypassed by them. Yeah. So I I don't know when whenever they feel like he's ready. I I don't feel like he's ready personally, like right now. And they also kind of need. Uh, apparently, they've got a lot of guys in the dojo, but he's the only real active domestic lion in the no Gay dojo that's currently uh you know on these tours they probably need to pump out a lion or two that when they're ready to make their debut before he can even think about going on excursion honestly
1: that's true yeah um and also there, there are plenty of options for him to go on excursion where i mean it, it seems like uh it seems like
0: they're sending guys to i mean you know sending uh Boy, what to Noah was very kind of crazy. And then they sent, um, you know, Fujita. He's on, he's off in Australia right now. Who knows how long that that's going to be for. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are highly unique um, excursion landing spots. I don't know. I mean, if you wanted to go the more traditional route, they could send him to Mexico. They could send him to the UK, send him to the US. And, you know, maybe he would work for, Impact, con maybe impact um but he's a big boy maybe you want to send him to like if if we're gonna do this whole domestic thing maybe they send him to like big Japan oh yeah that could be cool given there were Sakamoto yeah given there were some big boys some okabayashi and guys like that have them have some fucking wars
1: <laughs> Yo, uh, I don't really- know uh, next question here. Let's commission 7252. Is it surprising to see Okada and Leo Rush are teaming up in the main event in Corken Hall on September 30th? I guess from a kayfabe perspective, yes. But,
0: you know, Leo Rush said he was. Chaos know, for life. Yes, for life. So maybe not.
1: <laughs> uh, Stolen Tombstone says If Naito beats Sonata Earth's Kingdom for the World Championship, who beats Naito and why? I don't know. That's too far ahead. I, I appreciate the question, but I'm. <laughs> Not there yet. <laughs> I mean, I think I think in a perfect world, you have all the money in the world to secure Will Ospreay, and you do Will Ospreay winning the world title from Naito.
0: I, I think that is something that, you know, I guess we're doing a lot of Will talk here, but, like, he should have already been the world champion, period. You know, this, this entire prolonged period where you've got Sonata as your world champion. Meanwhile will osprey's occup- occupying the space at the exact same time not getting title shots it just seems fucking weird you know and not winning the G1 um i don't know man it's kind of in a way it it sort of devalues the status as champion when you have a guy that everyone looks at nobody thinks even if you like him as a champion even if you're a fan of his you kind of know like he's not on the level of these other guys that probably should be representing the company. And you know, there, there is the whole discourse like, Oh, new Japan's on a downside downtrend, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, one of the things that helps that is having your top guys be the top guys. And right now, Will's not the top guy and now he's on his way out. And in the past, when people have left the company that obviously has always opened up opportunity for other people to step into the roles and, Creates a power dynamic, power change in a vacuum. But one thing that's different was like, all right, you know, AJ Styles left, and we had Kenny Omega waiting in the wings to fill that void, and he became one of the top wrestlers in the world. And then Kenny left, and he had Will Osprey waiting in the wings to fill that void. And right now, as as many top notch, talented wrestlers there are in New Japan Pro Wrestling there is not another Will Ospreay waiting in the wings for when he walks out that company. And that is one of the damning things that's going on right now. You know, maybe Suji could be that guy, but like realistically there's nobody that's like Will or Kenny or AJ waiting to step into that position. It's, it's, it's just a big void.
1: Yeah. And I, I know Will is trying to, you know, train up, you know, young Calum Newman, but also he's not gonna be nowhere, you know, near ready for that kind of spot when Will leaves. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely yeah, there's that missing kind of like you mentioned that that kind of aid, that Fergal, AJ, Kenny kind of guy. It doesn't have to be, I'm not saying it has to be a bull club
0: leader type guy or whatever, but like, you know, one of the things that New Japan's always known for is being the best professional wrestling product that's out there where the best guys wrestle. And then you've got someone who is amongst the very, very top guys in the world. And he, he's gone. And, you know, maybe if Jay was still here, I would be like, Jay's going to step into that role, but Jay's gone and abushi has gone. And maybe he's a shell of himself. I don't know. And, you know, it's not 2016, it's 2023. And a lot of the, the other guys on the roster have aged or injured or, you know, whatever. And who is that person? who is going to take up the mantle of Will Ospreay to say, I am the best wrestler in the world. And aside from the guys who are already at that level, like Okada and Ishii, I just don't see anybody that has shown us that they're there. Not even the top prospects, not even Gabe Kidd, not even Yota Suji and stuff like that. Like someone really has to step up here because this company is about to lose the best wrestler in the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it, it stinks but i think it also it kind of forces new japan to you know make some you know some moves and some decisions and to, to heat some people up and i think it's always interesting when you have these top guys leaving because uh, it, it kind of yeah, it forces new japan to reload so a lot of guys mm-hmm. like you mentioned they're gonna have to you know put their big boy pants on step their game up and there's a huge hole that needs to be filled that any of these young guys if they want it there' it's, it's up for grabs yeah. Uh, next question here um, says, while looking f- uh, forward to seeing Oleg versus Zach, that brought to mind other fun possibilities. Who would like to see him wrestle in the near future? Where does he go on excursion if he somehow got a singles match at like Forbidden Door? Who does he ideally wrestle? Oh,
0: those are great questions. I I don't know. Um, I think he moves pretty well in in a amateur style sense, and he does a few things pretty good. But he's still so. Green, it's so early. Mm-hmm. And it, like I mentioned earlier, like he planted himself
1: on his fucking head. Like um I'd probably want to send him to the to Pro, like the UK, like get some more technical wrestling. I'd want to send him to Memphis to work for Jerry Lawler in nineteen ninety nine if I could. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I I don't know yet. It's it's too early. Um I just think it's too early for him. I, I don't think he's ready.
1: Yeah, I don't think that he would get a singles match after Forbidden Door. No. I mean, guys like Naito can't even get a singles match after Forbidden Door. Right. Uh, but as far as who Oleg should wrestle, I mean, give. I don't know. We said Brock. <laughs> Brock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think like him and Chingo would be fun, you know, do a, a seven match series, put him against like big never guys, him and Ishii. Uh, mm mm-hmm. Do like him and uh um, MoCon, him and Makabe, him and Kojima. like do like all these like big heavy hitter guys. Angle. <laughs> uh having a come out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> uh last uh, question here from the Dark Soldier it says a bit of a uh tenfold theory, but did NJPW start a women's division just so that they can say they have a women's division? It just it feels like the entire time that they've started, it, they've had no real game plan. They have no women's sign. They now have two women's titles and the champions aren't even from the company. They're infrequently on the show. No real storylines have been done with them. No real advertisement, just all hollow. Well, you know, I
0: think this is one of those things where it's like plans change. Um, We had a, Very informative uh, interview with Rocky Romero where we broached some of these subjects. And if you didn't catch that, that's on episode 300. It'd probably be worth your while to go and check that out. But, you know, we do recall earlier in the year that uh, the president of Bushi Road had mentioned that they wanted to have more crossover and do some new, fresh ideas. And um, it was pretty much, you know, confirmed in the media that the idea of introducing an IWGP women's title, what came from Road management. Uh, as you can see, I don't think Gatos had very little to almost any real engagement with promoting the women or being involved with in booking them. It's sort of just like a side deal with Road and, and Stardom. And I think that there were certain ideas and plans for what New Japan Strong was going to look like, what the deal with mercedes monet was going to look like where where stardom was going to be in in the mix of all this and i don't think it's all played out the way they projected it you know period there's a lot of things that they said were going to happen that didn't happen um and that's about it you know Uh, i know that i made some uh joking comments about the women wrestling in new japan and that's just you know it's kind of a bit because obviously new japan traditionally hasn't had a lot of women's uh wrestling but i i do kind of agree with you i i don't think it's uh honestly i was on the opposite side of the tinfoil theory like when this all first popped off i was concerned that they were going to like kind of cannibalize their joshi um division and sort of swallow them up and you know, kind of incorporate them into New Japan as a whole. And and who knows, maybe that could still happen down the line. That was my major concern. But I do think regardless, it's pretty clear that whatever plans they did or didn't have, it hasn't really come to fruition and hasn't been, hasn't panned out the way that I think anybody involved wanted it to.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been a very kind of interesting thing to to see kind of play out throughout the year and with the creation of both the IWDB Women's Title and the Strong Title um, It definitely seems I feel like Strong There's a lot of things Happening with Strong That are changing And behind the scenes And also like you mentioned The interview with Rocky He's kind of talked about that And obviously Rocky would love it To go back to like A weekly TV uh, Style format But we don't even know If that's what New Japan wants And so I think there's a lot of things Up in the air With Strong right now. That they're, they're trying to figure out And I think Mainly the women's titles brought in Because they were going to be Running more bigger shows In the U.S. And they know in the U.S. market that people want to see women wrestling on, on U.S. shows. So I think that was going to be their way to get more women on the sh- on the show initially. Um, but yeah, things have panned out. And now both titles are on two stardom women, both in Japan, um, and haven't been on a, U- a U.S. show in a while. One
0: positive, I did see that New Japan recently uploaded some of the excursion matches that Hiromu Takahashi has had in various different companies onto the website, as well as uh, several of the IWGP and strong women's title uh, defenses that have taken place in stardom. Those have been made available on new Japan world as well, which is really cool. Um, But yeah, Uh, before we move on to recommend a match of the week, I'm surprised there's no, uh, no fight talk this week. Did you see the big uh, um, uh, Grasso Shevchenko fight? No. Oh, you didn't watch it? No. Oh man, that fight was great. You should check that out. That was like one of the better women's title matches in, in the company's history. And it was available uh for free. It
1: was a fight night. Okay. On ESPN Plus. Yeah, but, I didn't realize that there was a, a big fight this weekend.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it, it was a title fight, but it wasn't even on pay-per-view. It was on you know one of their fight nights. Really, really good. Um I, I thought Hawaiian Punch BV or somebody was gonna, <laughs> you know. Um But the fight was very, 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 very close. Um, I think a lot of people expected Shevchenko to, you know, get the the win back and and regain her lost title. Um, And the fight went to a controversial um, split decision draw. And one of the the big questions was uh, one judge gave it 48 47 to Shevchenko, one judge gave it 48 47 to Grasso. And then uh, another judge was 47-47 for the draw, which caused the split draw. Um, But his final judgment, he gave a 10-8 round in the fifth round to uh, Grosso. And had he given a 10-9 round, it would have uh, swung the fight in favor of Shevchenko, and she would have won the title. I watched the fight. I thought it was very, very, very close, and I was already spoiled. I knew what the outcome was, so I, I watched with a very diligent eye and kind of, like, judged it. And I I didn't give round five a 10-8 score, but I actually gave a 10-8 score to rounds two and round three. The mm. um, fight was very, very back and forth. And I think one thing I wanted to bring up before we move on is... Um, for people that are fans of MMA, I think there's this, and I hear Dave do it all the time too. Like there's a huge misconception and misunderstanding of what a 10-8 round under the, the must system is in MMA, you know, because the, the 10 point must system is a, a system that was adopted from boxing judging and applied to MMA, uh, when they formed the unified rules many, many, many years ago. But about seven years ago, they had too many issues with the judging. So they revised the MMA judging criteria. And it's like the judges don't seem to go by it. Most of the analysts don't seem to go by it. Like I don't think anybody actually knows what the fucking rules are, even though they're like spelled out in plain English. So like when you're judging around, there are basically three criterias that matter the most. And it basically comes down to damage duration, and um, oh, man, what's the other one? It matters how much damage you do. It matters how much control you have for how long. And then it matters about um, like domination, or maybe that's not what it is. But basically what the rules say is that if somebody is in, in a round and they barely edge out the other person, That would be criteria for like a 10-9. But if you're in a round and somebody dominates the other person in any criteria, whether that's they almost finish them, they almost submit them, they are in control for a majority of the time, whatever that might be, then a 10-8 should be considered. And it says like if they meet the criteria in several of those categories, so it's like, not only are they controlling most of the round, but they also hurt them really bad and they almost stop them, then th- that's when it's like a 10-8 has to be applied. And the old thinking was like, the only way to get a 10-8 was you had to damn near kill the person. Like that's <laughs> what that's what people think when they think a 10-8 should be applied. They think like a round that's really close and a round that's not very close, those are both 10-9 and that's not the case. And so there's a lot of controversy um, about the the fifth round of that fight. And granted, I didn't give Grosso a 10-8 round, but she almost choked out um, Shevchenko twice in the last two minutes of that round. And a 10-8 probably warranted. But um, I had Grosso up 48-47. I thought she won the fight. Very, very close fight. If you guys haven't seen it, highly recommend it. I would say go out of your way and uh, definitely check that one out.
1: Nice. Y'all have to catch up on that. Check that, check that out. Well, let's uh, close off here with a uh, recommended match of the week. Um, so last week for the recommended, you recommended uh, Vader versus Ricky Choshu from August nineteenth, nineteen ninety. Did check this match out today. Uh, really fun uh, matchup to watch uh, here. And uh, one um, thing that you uh, you talked to me as I was getting ready to watch the match, just coming some of the history. Of the match, so uh, Like you told me, this was in Sumo Hall um, Vader had been the champ For a year, took the title from Chochi originally, so this was a big rematch And this came after uh, Vader's eyeball had popped out Of his match with um, Stan Hansen Earlier in the year um, Which ended up playing a, a big role in this match um, So Big rematch here um, At the beginning of the match, both guys Are kind of feeling each other out, trying, you know Get each other in the corner, hit us, hit some strikes. Uh, Vader ultimately gets control. He's doing this big kind of ground and pound on Choshu. He goes for Choshu's scorpion death lock, big kind of oozing off from the crowd when he did that. Uh, and then from there, Choshu hits a series of punches to the, the injured eye, mm-hmm. and that totally throws Vader off his game. He, he's selling the eye. He uh, he takes the mask off and he's you know trying to you know get some, you know. Water or whatever he's trying to get some feeling back in the eye Trying to see again and he's selling the eye Uh but then eventually he takes back control Hits a big lariat um And then Vader gets back in control he's pummeling Uh Choshu hits a big body slam Uh big body splash for a Near fall uh another lariat But then uh Choshu comes back Vader's going to the top to do a big splash But Choshu cuts him off with a big Superplex from the top rope Big pop there from the crowd Uh Chosu's on fire here, he's hitting drop kicks Hits um, some lariats, he locks in The scorpion uh, death lock but uh, Vader escapes And he's pissed <laughs> 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 like, he's like, yeah, I can't believe this guy got me in the hole And I almost like Was close to tapping out, he was mad He, he got back in the ring and he was just beating the crap Out of Choshu Hits him with a big stinger splash in the corner He's just jabbing uh, The crap out of uh Choshu, but then Choshu gets a, a strike into the eye again, and then just hits him with these series of lariats, three big lariats to the front, one from behind. It's a sliding lariat, and he beats Vader. Yeah.
0: um, I really, really like this match. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, this is the greatest, you know, match you've ever seen, you know, but I just like a match where it's like, all right, we're going to work a body part. What body part are we going to work? the eye <laughs> i'm gonna punch you in the eye as hard as i can what are you gonna do in return because we're gonna do a double body part match i think i'm gonna work your eye okay <laughs> so i'm gonna hit you in your eye as hard as i can and you can hit me in my eye as hard as you can he's like yeah i think that's the story of the match we're just gonna punch each other in the eye it great and um i really liked like bro that when you say he was ground and pounding him he really was like ground yeah. and pounding him. Yeah. But he was getting is, like
1: full mount and Like,
0: <laughs> Bro, it's 1990. This is before MMA even really actually exists in the States in any way. And he's fucking ground and pounding this dude. Like he's Mark Coleman in 1996. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, the, the, the match is like very violent. They, they're not holding back. They, they hit each other really, really hard, especially Vader. Vader is so stiff in this, in this match. And then, um, the crowd like it's 13 minutes not super long it's not the greatest iwgp title match but they're in sumo hall and it's almost packed out and the people just believe in ricky choshu and every time he mounts a comeback the crowd is just fucking on fire like it's a really uh electric crowd and like it, it's a really fun match and they they just hit each other really hard it's on daily motion if you haven't seen it i'd recommend it i'm probably like Still close to four stars, even for the time period.
1: Yeah, I would go. Yeah, about four stars for that time period. Yeah, it was a really fun matchup, and uh, Vader came out with the, the the mastodon entrance with the smoke and stuff like that. And I was like, man, how did like WWE blow it with that guy?
0: Bro, I didn't want to say that, but that's true. When I was watching it, I had the same thought. Like it, bro. The Vader formula was so fucking simple. You brought him in. Had had him up your top baby face you had him go on a on a long like dominant run and then you set up that same baby face to come back and beat him and regain the glory and and make lots of money and it worked every single promoter in the world made so much money with Vader doing this like they did it in WCW they did it in New Japan they did it in UWFI they did it in Mexico with Connect they did it in Austria with Otto Vons. The only person who couldn't figure this shit out <laughs> was Vince McMahon and, Bra- or and and Shawn Michaels. They didn't know what, to, what the fuck to do with Vader. Like, They're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do the opposite of what has worked everywhere else. We're going to have Vader lose
1: his oh. first big match. We're going to have Vader team of gold us. <laughs> we're going to have the monster chase for the title. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Oh man, yeah, it is so weird that they couldn't figure the shit out. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so then, uh, for excursion match of the week, I recommended Sonata vs. Jake Something from Impact Emergence from August twenty seventh of this year.
0: I appreciate you giving this, giving me this match from the the aspect that it was freely available, easily to watch on <laughs> New Japan World. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the best thing about this match that I could probably point to is just it's, it was easy to access. No, the match was fine. Um, I thought that uh, they were somewhere in Canada for their pay-per-view and it, whatever venue there, and it was pretty fucking cool. But um, Jake, something's good. He's he, he's, a, he's a good hand. I think there is something there. But with him and Sonata, I mean, this was just uh, – You know, I don't even know. This was just a a, a really generic, basic (laughs) level. Gentlemen's three. Yeah, this was a gentleman's three. There wasn't very much here at all. Like this was Sonata phoning it in. The crowd wasn't into Sonata either. Like, you know, he he just hadn't. He he did come out in special Muda inspired gear. I think it was gear that Muda had actually given to him, um, which was a little different. That was cool uh, for his entrance attire. But, you know, a Jake something, even though I think he's got a great look and he's a great talent, he doesn't exactly scream like top notch talent in impact. It's not like it, maybe if they put Moose here, you know, maybe Moose or Sammy Callahan or someone of that stature, I don't know, should have been the guy jobbing to the world champion in a non title match. I don't know. But uh, it was fine. Like, but this was nothing that I would ever watch again. I don't, I barely remember the match crowd wasn't that into it had its moments it was fine mm, so so not not making the ballot <laughs> no it's not gonna make, and this was like much lower than most of sonata's g1 wow yeah i mean i don't know i didn't even look what anyone else thought like here i'll look at real quick oh and while i'm looking for this i just remembered duration damage and dominance those are the three mm. d's yeah that you look for when it comes to judging uh you know whether a mat whether a round should be 10 8 in MMA but uh that was slam anniversary right uh that was emergence oh emergence yeah okay impact emergence 2023 let's go to the old cage match and it looks like this match was given a seven point one four. So that's like, like three a, and a half. that's like three and a half. That's about right. Yeah. A nice little match. All right. But it but it was basic. I mean, we're talking a real basic match.
1: Gotcha. Well, and there was a
0: bot- there was a weird botch at the end. <laughs>
1: Well I I got a a much better match For you this week Uh, So I got the recommended match Of the week We're going back to 2009 NJPW Circuit 2009 New Japan Seoul Night 1 The IWGP Junior Tag Team Titles on the line The Motor City Machine Guns Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, Defend the titles against Apollo 55 Prince Devitt And Arisuke Taguchi
0: yeah, this was an
1: incredible
0: lauded event. I I've much I've wanted to go back and watch NJPW Circuit 2009 New Japan Soul Night One. I cannot wait for the lore and the <laughs> loftiness that is Circuit 2009 New Japan Soul Night One.
1: <sighs> yeah, and uh, I think it's like a, it's like a nine something on Cage Match. Uh, I, no,
0: I'm I'm just playing about the the tour, but yeah, the the this match is um. I, I think the Mercy Machine Guns and Apollo 55 had a couple um, really, really good matches. Yeah, this was their
1: their best one, according to Cage Match. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to checking that out.
0: And then, um, like I mentioned earlier, the Excursion Match of the Week is uh, this past weekend's uh, match between Marafuji and Will Ospreay from Marafuji's 25th anniversary show in NOAA from Cork and Hall.
1: Nice Well that's going to wrap things up here for us this week Next week we'll be back to review Destruction in Kobe And cover all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling So if you enjoyed today's show Please consider making a donation Visit socialsuplex.com Slash donate and click on the donate button Under the Keeping It Strong style logo make sure to connect with us on social media on twitter the show is at ki strong style you can follow me at jeremy l donovan follow the network at social suplex on facebook Facebook facebook.com slash social suplex also the wrestling squared circle facebook group on instagram we are at social suplex on reddit i am the pro black guy just keeping it strong style you can email me, jeremy at socialsuplets.com And don't forget to check out all the other shows that we have here On the Social Suplex Podcast Network One Nation Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd And All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin some of which, Also we got a ton of great shows on the archive of that feed A lot of great stuff from the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show We have some interviews with uh, Darby Allen. Lots of great stuff uh, in the archive of the network. So subscribe and check out some of the content uh, from back in the day. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we'll catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. It's
0: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.